Welcome in, ladies, gentlemen, Kings fans, LeBron stands, LeBron haters. We welcome all of you to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Myself, Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli, as always. Kings are coming off a uh, beautiful 134-120 win over the Los Angeles Lakers last night. Uh, an incredible win, and uh, with an incredible win, we bring in an incredible guest. Uh, no Matt George this week, but we have Brendan Nunez of the Kings Pulse, Kings Herald as well. Brendan, it's always cool to see LeBron. You and I were talking uh, after the game yesterday just about, like, the gravity that he has. Does it ever get – like, do you ever get used to it? That's like your second or third time seeing Braun in person, right? Um, I guess it's my sec. Kent, well, first of all, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Always glad to join. The new overlay, the new course. overlay is really clean, very pretty. It's very pretty. Sick. Yes. So shout out Chris. Well, check us out on YouTube. I don't know if this is going to be. This is probably going to be an audio episode. I should mention we are live right now on YouTube, uh, Sackdown Sports Eleven Forty YouTube and Twitter page as well. That's what they're referring to. Go ahead and check out the video uh, when we're done. Go ahead, Brendan. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. The only other time I saw LeBron, I think, was. Um, aside from like summer league and he's just kind of sitting around was preseason. And that was just, was not the same. I don't think he came out and warmed up and that's probably the coolest part for us. At least it's just getting to be there in warmups. Right. But I was telling Chris yesterday that the craziest thing is like, I just have somebody sitting next to me, Hunter Patterson, the athletic shout out. Right. And he was like, Oh, here comes Brian. And you look up and you see him walking and you just feel this whole energy like in the stadium where I call you two and I'm like, hey, LeBron just came out here. Like you didn't think he was going to be out here. Right. And then you guys, as well as so many other people show up and it's just super crowded courtside. There's a bunch of people in the fans going crazy. There was just like it. There's definitely an energy when you get those type of guys. And I think the only other one I've seen it with is Steph. Yeah, Chris got the phone call from you. We were in the <laughs> we, were, we were in the media dining room, and Chris, it was like a business call. Okay, hello, huh? We gotta go. We gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah, Bron, Bron's in the building. So Bron, Bron, it's electric though. It was electric. I mean, obviously, um, I think somebody who I saw a similar thing. It's growing up. Like I saw that for for Kobe. Uh, when I saw Kobe, that was kind of how Laker fans would show up in 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 bunches. Um, but yeah, it, it's something that you can't really describe. Just kind of like the fanfare that goes. It's like the Beatles. Like it's it's like probably right. like that comparable to that in, in sports terms. Like it's LeBron James. And uh, wait, that was your first time seeing him in person, or se- like like at an actual regular season? Did you not go last year to the Laker games? Uh, I don't know if I was at the Laker games. He might have not played. I th- I think he played in one of them. But yeah, I mean, because you, you were still pretty split duties last year. Now you're the full yeah. full time. And it's it's crazy, man, just seeing him in person. It's it, he's a larger than life personality. Obviously, it's LeBron James, and, right? Uh, a guy who's been around for it's. I was looking at him yesterday and was thinking, like, man, he's been around since like '03. But you see it last night too on his breakaway dunk. He looked like he's he's 26. It's just kind of like it's timeless. So it's 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 the Lakers, I know, but it's fun seeing LeBron James because I I do like LeBron James. But yeah, and like it's, it's not it's good just enough to crazy. take down the powerhouse of the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, no, right. Kings are so much greater than single king. Did you guys see uh, yesterday his his Instagram picture? Uh, yeah. I believe uh, I think Cameron Salerno pointed it out to us all that uh, LeBron had 
cropped out the S. In the, he, so he posted a picture during what I presume was shoot around uh, of just himself, uh, the only man in the arena, uh, warming up at in Golden One Center on the floor. Uh, and like on the, the digital video ribbon that they have go around the entire arena, it says Kings. And LeBron, with like his finger on Snapchat story, <laughs> just like blacks over the S in Kings. So it says King. Uh, very corny stuff. Did you, that just, just like, yeah, the dude is a cornball. That's what, that was my thought. He definitely like scribbled over that with pen on right. Snapchat or Instagram and then posted it because that's, that's honestly evident like that you did it yourself. I don't think he had anybody in his team Photoshop that. It was not a professional job. I don't know, Chris, that you are pretty proficient in Photoshop. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely could have been done better. Yeah. That's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Lack some real execution uh, on, on Braun's part. Definitely did not have his teamwork on that one. Um, I think uh, this is a good opportunity for us to talk about last night's game while we're talking about execution here. Uh, an incredible night for the Kings, just in, in total. Um, you know, it, it was close for a couple quarters there, and then uh, and then that third and fourth quarter, they really... Handled things, Demonis Sabonis with a massive triple-double, 13 points, 21 rebounds, 12 assists, his second triple-double of the season. Uh, the rest of the Sacramento Kings starters, uh, just, you know, just something light, all dropped 20 points. Harrison Barnes with 20 points on 15 shots. Keegan Murray, 23 points, uh, 6 of 12 from 3. De'Aaron Fox finds himself with 22 points, 6 assists, uh, 7 of 13 from the field. Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter leads the team in scoring last night, 9 of 14 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. Uh, Frank, you and I were talking uh, during the game about just how, you know, Kevin, Kevin's been, you know, even self-admitting uh, on, on the Carmichael Dave show with his interviews that he's been struggling from the field, uh, hasn't quite been able to find his stroke from downtown. Um, but you and I were talking last night during last night's game where he had nine or so points in the first quarter. He hadn't hit a three or he, he I think he had might've hit one three, uh, in that first half, but still managed to get nine points was driving the paint and was still finding ways to score. And just like, can you talk about just what, what, it, what's impressed you with Kevin Herter, even through his struggles, how he's been able to, uh, to still be effective on the floor. I mean, he keeps shooting, and that's something that he's been pretty open about since the, the struggle started. Uh, about 11 games ago, uh, he he kind of hit a real stuff, a tough stretch here, and he came into last night's game shooting 26% from three. Uh, he's made it clear he's going to keep shooting, and that's something that some of these veteran guys do. They want to shoot through these struggles, but what I find is is so valuable about Kevin Herter, when I turned to you and said was, and not a slight to Buddy, but I said Buddy, Buddy couldn't do this. Kevin Herter last night went into the key and, and did damage. He was 6-7. In the restricted area, and that's something that I don't think you could see much from from guards of King's past. But uh, the fact that Kevin Herter is able to to say, "Okay, my three point shot isn't falling today," and granted, last night he hit three of seven, which is a pretty good yeah. night by by three point shooting standards. But the fact that he can go in and and find a way to keep being effective and making a difference, and he did that. He scored twenty six points, which I think was one point shy of his season high, and like three points shy of his career high. So. Wow. Uh, doing it in a way where it's not knocking down seven, eight threes. That's pretty effective mm -hmm. to me. Now, I, I like how you say it's not a shot at buddy, but I feel like we are very warranted <laughs> to take shots at buddy today. Yes. I think it's, well Bro, he, he fired shots first. I, he fired, I don't absolutely know, uh, did. We were trying to figure out if, if there was a safe way of talking about this, but uh, for all those who have not seen just um, 
I don't even know how you would you would find this video, but there's a video of Andrew Nemhard or is it Nemhard uh, or Aaron Neesmith? Aaron Neesmith. Yeah. It was Aaron Neesmith. Aaron Neesmith is being interviewed uh, on the sideline or, or like during shoot around or something like that of a uh, of the Pacers Celtics game yesterday. And uh, just in the background, for whatever he- reason, you can hear uh, Buddy Heald throw an expletive towards the Sacramento Kings, uh, inviting them to yeah. get um, personal with him. Yeah. Is it's what like, I would. Say. It's like having a a popsicle, but the not okay <laughs> way. So oh, okay. we're gonna we're gonna say that's that's the PG version, well, and uh, okay. that's 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 not cool. So I think that's a good picture. <laughs> yeah, it's a good picture. So. You, uh, yep. Should we? Are we addressing that right now? Are we going to get into that right now? No, no. I, I just, can. I can keep going on herder for a sec. <laughs> Do we want? Are we going to table? To, should we I table? think we should just. Okay. You know, I think that's a later be, uh, an off the record thing. <laughs> I, I think we can say that first of all. What? Why? Can I say real quick? Why would right. Buddy Heal do that for no reason? Like sure. I don't. There's no. There's no context in that video. He's not even talking to anybody before, yep. and he's yelling. He's just out. shooting. He's, he's just shooting. shooting in the back. So I don't really get what the, the point is. Like we don't have to run circles around it, but it just seems like. And also, there was an article. I believe yep. it was from the Sacramento Bee's Jason Anderson having a, a one-on-one with Buddy, where he said very nice things about the Sacramento Kings and their fans after the game that took place last month. And I don't really see how this echoes that same sentiment. Like this is not him saying I wish nothing but the best for the franchise and the the, the fans. He said that already about yeah. a month ago. So what changed between? Now is it the boot? I don't know. The boot must have gotten to him, or maybe the Kings winning games must have gotten to him. Or it's just the difference between being on and off the record. You know, like right, <laughs> right. yeah, right, I, exactly. I, I will say, like the stuff that Buddy and Tyrese and Marvin have said. Like, if I got traded away from a team, I would be absolutely talking crap after the fact. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just a Buddy healed at heart, which I hate that <laughs> I just said that out loud. Right. Um. But I could see it. I like I get why people would be salty. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I it's just it, you know, and then uh we should also mention that Tyrese Halliburton sat down with Taylor Rooks of Bleacher Report for an hour long interview and uh of course he was asked about the trade as well and uh Tyrese just can't learn, man. He he did to he did a, to his credit a little bit say like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to complain and he said he was immature about it but uh something about maybe indiana is just not fun i don't know if any of y'all have been to indiana but maybe they're just really down bad and they're like yo the kings are really like we're winning and it's cool the team is fine but like y'all really make not that sacramento is you know some destination city but they must just be really upset that they're in indiana is sorry to throw sorry to throw strays at, at indiana to all our indiana listeners sorry but uh it's just interesting to me that these guys are just so hurt. Like, I mean, not hurt's probably not the right word because I think, you know, to Brendan's point, like the human side of this is a very real thing. But like, I, I just don't understand why but, why it keeps getting brought up and like that's they're one, in a good situation. That's one of them though. Tyrese was hurt. He bought into being a king. You saw it with the Doug Christie jerseys and and the Jason Williams shirts. He bought into the Sacramento Kings culture, even though it was a losing culture. He wanted to be the driving force behind that change. Buddy Heald didn't want to be here. He wanted to be traded for plural years. Like he did not want to be here from the minute he's on that contract. So I don't understand what the, the ill will is at this point. The Kings did him a favor. I think, I mean, isn't that what he wanted? So what's up with this? I don't know. It's again, someone in the comments saying, and he's in Boston. Yeah, He's in Boston. It's not even at golden one center. 
So there's no reason for it. I don't know. It just kind of was something I saw this morning. And my first, my first thought was why, or what, what, what happened? So, and this is another great, how long are we going to talk about this? I mean, like granted, yes, it is the immediacy of it. Like we're finally, we're seeing the direct results right now of the trade for both teams. So it is, um, it is still relevant, but how much longer are we going to talk about who won and who lost this trade? Because to me, I get like, I think everyone understands that both teams have won the trade in the short term. I think that conversation's over, but like, we can't have the long-term conversation until to me until after next year, when it gets played out with what happens with, with Sabonis's contract. Well, our, our guy, Bryant West in the comments too, saying the combo of Monk Herder can do so much better than Buddy Heald. It's ridiculous how much the off guard rotation has improved in just one year. Yeah. Also the fun fact, Buddy Heald's making, I think 20 million and Herder and, and, uh, Monk combined are making 24 million. So you're getting literally two really good players that arguably are better than Buddy Healed for the price yeah. of one. Yep. So I think that kind of tables that. I mean, that's that's that. We're good over here. We're good. We're over good. Here. We're good over I, here. I will say, I don't think we're ever going to get to escape the trade conversations. Like the Anthony Davis trade is still talked about. I think that to a lesser extent, like the Tatum and Fultz swap is still talked about. Like, I think in my mind, sad reality is like, this is just going to be a thing forever. And it's going to be something that's always mentioned around Tyrese and Domas as long as they're on their teams. And like, hopefully it lessens, but it like both sides seem fine, which is something actually LeBron said post game yesterday that like, it's rare that um, a trade benefits both franchises. And he thinks that's absolutely what's happened with the Fox and Sabonis swap. And it was very complimentary of both Fox and Domas, but also their surrounding pieces. And that includes Monk and Herter and Keegan Murray um, and Harrison Barnes. Like their spacing, I think, is so essential for those two guys of Fox and Domas to succeed in the way that they have. And also just the IQ that Herter and Malik both play with, like and, and Barnes and Keegan. I think all of their six primary guys um, fall into that same category where they're all capable shooters who are also just really smart, where if the other team is taking away the three-point shot, they're going to find other ways to go get their buckets. Like you were talking about with Kevin Herter, Malik Monk is a ridiculous athlete and finisher around the rim. Like, and, and they're both good playmakers and passers. Like, I think that we're seeing more and more of just how well this team can click when they're all rolling. And Especially if Keegan Murray starts starts getting it together a little bit more and looking more comfortable, then I, I think we're going to be really talking about something here. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Keegan is is one hundred. It, it looks like, I mean, his game has been uh, steadily improving throughout the month. He had an incredibly rough month of November. Um, I think this is the first time since that those struggles that I test wise, he's really starting to look just more comfortable. Like when he was, when he was struggling, he was working through his shot. He was continuing to shoot the ball, but he just looked super uncomfortable, super unsure of himself. And now he looks really comfortable. Um, We see him knocking down shots. He's got 20 points in two of his last three games. Um, It just seems like it's, it's all starting to click right now. And and that's, that's good to see from the, uh, the Kings rookie for sure. Yeah. And the last 10 games for Keegan, it's not a small sample size. Last 10 games, 15.2 points, uh, three and a half rebounds. He's shooting 47% from the field, 48% from three on seven attempts per game. Mm-hmm. And that just Love shows that. how aggressive he's been. And last night, I think right. we all kind of had to take a minute and 
collect ourselves because Keegan went up with the left hand and tried to dunk over two oh Lakers. Oh my gosh. Which I've, I, I think that's something Mike Brown has been begging him to do, to go and dunk on somebody. You are athletic. You are long. You can go and, and you can dunk on people. Like, don't give people the respect that they don't deserve. And he tried to go disrespect the Lakers last night. It didn't didn't happen. But the fact that he even tried is a huge step in the right direction. Absolutely. And the two charges as well. Got to mention the two charges. Yeah, I think those were like the two big, obvious needed areas of improvement, right? And this isn't bashing on Keegan or anything. I think it's just normal, or at least beginning of the year, Keegan, like I think it's just normal adjustments for a rookie. Like mm-hmm. I, I think getting used to finishing around NBA athletes um, is a big adjustment and could be a bit intimidating. And same with the defensive end. Like coach said that Keegan won defense player of the game and that it had to do with those two charges that they were specifically on him about uh, from the previous game as well. But coach said, you know, I'm going to tell him next time to not close his eyes when he's taking a charge, <laughs> which was a pretty funny line from coach. It's a bar. Yeah. Yes. But no, I, I mean, I, I think that Keegan is great, man. And I, I love to see it coming around. It's awesome that he did that with, uh, some family in the building as well. Yeah. So glad to see that for him and uh, continuous progress. There's going to be just better and better. Um, it's hilarious that those, what was it last 10 games you just went through his yeah. three point percentage is higher than his field goal percentage. Like right. those, yeah. two, those two's got to get better still, but last night was a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Chris, I mean, you, you were last week, you were pretty concerned. I mean, has, I know it's been like maybe three or four games, but has your, like has your worriness like dissipate? Has it gone away? Are you feeling a little better? Like right. how has this made you feel? Right. So last Saturday, uh, for those who don't know, on on the uh, Kings Weekly, which is a nice little plug there, um, me and Frank were talking. Uh, I asked Frank um, about Keegan Murray and just like the overall, uh, just taking a look back at the draft and and you know seeing if maybe it's too early or not to start having the conversation about whether or not Keegan was the right picket for. Um, and even at the time I said that I thought I felt like uh, with the, with the way he had been playing leading into that, um, that I was starting to lean away from that. And I think I'm, I'm as time goes on and as Keegan looks more and more comfortable, I am like kind of not distancing myself from that conversation, but more just being like, it kind of doesn't matter because he's fine. Like, did the Kings potentially miss out on superstars with Jaden Ivey and Benedict Matherin? Possibly. Um, but it doesn't hurt nearly as bad if Keegan Murray is a totally functional starting level forward, whether it be small forward or power forward. I think, you know, that's, that's, it's like, it's totally acceptable at that point. It's not them missing out and getting just your average Joe Schmo rotation player. Um, I think I'm I'm totally fine with it, but um, you know I still still have those feelings. Like Keegan Murray is still 22 years old, and the other guys are 19. I still think there's a conversation to be had there, but um, it's just now is not the time to have it because Keegan, Keegan it, it, like Keegan deserves to to get praise right now. Like there's no reason to to really try and bring him down. Yeah, I mean, we we might need to have a little Harrison Barnes apology session as well while we're at this here because HB has been playing out of his mind. Um, He's getting to the line ridiculously. I I think the biggest thing with HB is always his aggressiveness, right? And what's going to determine a good or bad night from HB. Maybe maybe not good or bad, but good or just night where he's just totally MIA, it feels like. Um, And he's been really aggressive at getting to the line. He's at just over five free throw attempts a game. Him, De'Aaron, and Domas are all above five free throw attempts per game. 
Um, and I think that's been really big for this team. They've also seen him, I feel like, have a little bit of a quicker trigger from the three-point line, at least mm-hmm. here and there. There's been shots that he throws up where I'm like, I'm surprised that HB just took that transition three. And I don't mind it. It's just a little bit different. Um, I think that's been great. And he's the guy that's getting assigned to LeBron yesterday. You know, So yep. I, I think that those two guys, as much as we've always talked about for years now, like the need of wings – on Sacramento's roster, those two guys have been have been pretty crucial, I feel like. Yeah, and I don't know how many times I've said, oh, Harrison Barnes has a LeBron James-type build. And again, I'm not saying that Harrison Barnes is LeBron James. I'm saying that matchup, like from a matchup standpoint, if he wasn't able to go last night, I was going to be a little worried about LeBron. And yeah, LeBron still had a pretty good game. Uh, LeBron last night had 31 and 11 assists. Okay, I mean, it's LeBron James. What are you going to do? Sure. But that could have looked a lot worse if you throw somebody else at him. Uh, that can't match that physicality. And last night, Harrison Barnes, that's that's what you want from Harrison Barnes. It was an ideal, yep. like 20 points, eight rebounds, eight of 15. That is the Harrison Barnes that that was playing the best basketball of his career last year. And last night, I mean, it, it just kind of speaks to how great last night was for the starting lineup. Last night, it was maybe one of the best nights I've seen from a King starting five in recent memory. I mean, I don't I don't know how you top four guys scoring 20 and one guy having a, a 21 rebound triple double. Like yeah. it just, I don't know if you can top that. So it just kind of speaks to how great they played last night. And, you know, the bench has done a good job of caring, uh, not caring, but chipping in for this team this year. And last night they were able to kind of take their foot off the brick, off the gas for a little bit and say, okay, starters, you can take it tonight. And they absolutely did. The Kings brought down the hammer. Uh, and Harrison Barnes was a big part of that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I was curious if you could look on stat muse or something like that, or, or, you know, stat head to see like, was that the best performance from a starting five, at least this season? Like I can't imagine many teams have the capability to have four of their starters go uh, in, in 20 plus points and then have that fifth starter who didn't get 20 points end up with a, a triple double. Like that, that's, it's, it's unheard of. Like that's some, I can't even think of a team where that would be possible. Like maybe the, the old warriors with KD or something like that. But um, that just speaks to like the depth and, and like the top level, top level depth of, of this, uh, of this Kings team for sure. And, and uh, yeah, Harrison Barnes had a terrific night last night. He was guarding LeBron James. Like last night's a night where, you know, LeBron can turn back the clock and absolutely go for 40, 45 points or something like that. Like his team needed him. Um, with with no AD, no Russ, no as funny as it said it sounds, no Austin Reeves last night. Like LeBron really did need to step up, and uh, for him to shoot is that under just over fifty percent from the field. Um, you know that's 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 all you can ask from Harrison Barnes, who still does. You know, you mentioned he is the King's best option uh, for people like Bron size. Harrison Barnes was, was was our best matchup against him, and that's really all you can do uh, when you're going against somebody as great as LeBron. So not washed. Not, not washed, bro. Not washed. Not washed. Not washed at all. I'm putting that on the record, stamping it. Harrison Barnes not washed. Uh, shall we move on that. to uh, – go ahead. Shall we move on to uh, All-Star? Sabonis. We got to talk, yeah. talk about Sabonis. I mean – Got to talk first, about Sabonis. I guess let's start with the fact that this man is, I mean, I don't know if the ball is just finding him. I mean, and he, the way he accredited to last night was good defense. He said that when we're causing teams to miss shots, it's easier to get rebounds. Yes. We have to miss shots (laughs) to get rebounds. Uh, He's, he's being modest, but 
Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a king. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins did have a stretch of three straight games with 20 rebounds in 2015. This is the first time a king has done that. But when you see what Sabonis is doing and the names that are up on that list, I think he's the first player to have um, back-to-back games with like five assists and 20 rebounds since Wes Unseld or something. I don't know if that's the exact stat, but there's some kind of stat out there that was ridiculous. And I'm just wondering – are you guys surprised at this point? Or did when he came over, did you kind of think this is what he was? Because I I knew Demonis Sabonis was a good player when he got here, but I didn't know he was going to be a guy that was going to go back to back 20 rebound games and triple doubles. It's just kind of it's kind of out of control. Yeah, yeah let me just read that real quick. The the Demonis Sabonis is the first player with 75 rebounds and 30 assists over a four game span since Wes Unseld in 1970. That's 50 years. So the other players to accomplish the feat are Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Mo Stokes. Shout out Mo Stokes. Shout out Stokes. No, I mean, I knew Domas was really good, right? And I don't know that he's doing anything necessarily that surprises me throughout the course of the game, right? But it is like when I look at the box score, like at the end of that first quarter, and I'm like, how does this guy have 10 rebounds in one quarter? Like what? Do, and I think every person that we talked to yesterday yep. <laughs> uh, in, in post game mentioned it was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I looked up at the end of the first and Domas had 10 rebounds. Like how, what? Like it's amazing. The Lakers had the Lakers had 10 rebounds in the first quarter. Yeah. The rest of the Kings had two. I, I'm pretty sure. Like I don't, and they're not easy rebounds. Like there's a couple offensive. He is just the, He's great at positioning. He's super physical down there. He doesn't care how many times he gets hit in the face. He's That's not going to slow him down at all. Um, last 10 games, 20.3 points, 15.1 rebounds, four of those offensive, 7.1 assists, 20, 15, and 7 over a 10-game stretch on 69.7% from the field. Nice. Really nice number there. Um, I think that... Domas, the the same way that all these guys have benefited from playing with Domas, I I think that you could say vice versa. Like if you look at his time in Indiana, he never really had great other guards that were high IQ guys that could shoot as well. Like Oladipo and Brogdon, I think are the closest thing. Brogdon didn't really have other great pieces around him. Um, Oladipo is his own type of player in, in a De'Aaron sort of way, but they never really had like enough good spacing around him. You know, I, I think that they've just managed to build the perfect roster to complement Sabonis' skill set. And as much as like there's a debate to be had, or I guess it doesn't need to be had, but I think that Domas and De'Aaron are like comparable impact talent level type guys. Um, I think that the total identity of the team is, is Domantis Sabonis. Like and just running everything through him has been so successful, which is totally credit to him. But I think all these other guys for learning how to succeed playing off of him. Yeah, and yeah. Chris, lethal shooter. I mean, you still need to send him a Christmas card <laughs> because Sabonis, <laughs> Sabonis no. is shooting forty one forty one percent from three. Yeah, no love. No, I mean, yeah, I'm just thinking of my guns at that one. I, you know, <laughs> your, pride, your pride, that's your pride. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just too prideful to admit that it has anything to do with lethal shooter. Once I saw that man really like shooting jump shots underwater. I was yes. Like, this, guy, this guy is ridiculous. The, the nails uh, on no. the moving rims. It, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. The rotating. Yeah. Anyway, hey, man, um, no, Girl. for sure. I mean, like, it, it, sure. I will give lethal shooter his, his flowers. Like, 
Sabonis has been incredible from three this year. And like just having that option in the offense, you've seen how 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 lethal it's been, no pun intended. Like people will leave. They they you know, he and he's so smart about his shot IQ is through the roof. Like he knows exactly when to take it and when the defense gives him enough space. And sometimes the defense will give him enough space and he still he'll give him a nice little pump to kind of bring him back uh, closer to him and, and open up the lane. But it, it just opens up so much for him. And like like you said, I mean, it's it's no surprise or no secret to anyone watching the Kings that the offense runs through Demonis Sabonis. And he's just such a key cog. Um, for the offense and and defensively as well like coaches always say like rebounding is the most important part of a defensive possession because it ends the defensive possession and Domas has been incredible hunting rebounds uh, for this little stretch that he's had here I mean really all season but especially in this nice little stretch that we've seen here and like he really is uh, you know I don't know if you guys remember uh, in that last dance documentary like Dennis Rodman talking about the rebounds and how like Oh, like if it goes off the rim, clank, ping, boom, right, right. it goes there. Like Domas is really on that level of rebounder where you can see he's like up in the air while everybody else is on the floor. And like he just he just has a great sense for where the ball is going to go. And he's like so aggressive chasing those rebounds that um, it I don't see, you know, unless he he just kind of takes his foot off the gas a little. I don't see how it stops because it, it seems like he's just super locked in right now. Uh, and it's been it has been ridiculous to watch him just dominate teams for a solid month now. No, it's, 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 it raises the question to me. Raises it. He's raises it. He's a, he's a lock for the all-star game. So how would he, how am I wrong? Is my question. Like, and what, what would need to happen? Like I'm looking at the list here. I mean, Anthony Davis is injured right now, but he probably will still, I'm sure he'll get voted into the starting lineup. Um, you have players like LeBron James. It's it's maybe going to help Sabonis, but hurt De'Aaron Fox that Luka Doncic is going to be a guard. Mm-hmm. So taking him out of the front court, that could help Sabonis. Um, I'm just wondering who else am I – like Jokic, I mean, Zion Williamson. Uh, there are guys that are for sure going to be in there, but Sabonis to me is is in that maybe top five, six of, of bigs that deserve to be on the team. Am I wrong? It's tough because – a, the way the All-Star game is formatted, I don't believe there's centers anymore. I believe it's two guards, three forwards for the starting yeah. lineup, and then the yeah, rest front of it court, is... Backcourt. Kind of like, yeah, right. It's, it's just front a court, free crawl. So, I mean, if we want to go through it, like, in terms of forwards, you mentioned LeBron, you mentioned Zion, Jokic. Um, I'm trying to think if anyone else would... AD. Maybe AD. Have a shot. AD, absolutely. Le- LeBron. Did we mention Zion? Yeah. We did mention Zion. We did mention LeBron. Um, but those guys, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, AD, yeah, AD, LeBron, for sure. Both of those guys are obviously on the Lakers who are five games below 500 now. So um, maybe both of them don't make I, Yeah, I Look, it, it's not – I wouldn't say it's a lock right now. He's absolutely putting up all-star numbers and deserves to be an all-star. Um it's just I'm like it's not. Is it fan voting for for the bench or is no. it is that selected by writers and coaches head coaches head coaches? But uh, from what we were hearing from people last night is that like uh, the assistant coaches will have will have like a say too. Like they talk to the head coach. It's almost like a like each team's coaching staff gets to pick. Right. And I think Sabonis is somebody who'd be very popular with 
coaches around the NBA. I mean, what he does, I mean, he is a passing big man that can get you a double-double every night. I mean, he leads the NBA in rebounds per game. He's shooting 62% from the field, leads the NBA in double-doubles. He's playing for a team that is winning, which I think is the biggest problem. I mean, we've seen DeMarcus Cousins winning. Wow, Charlie Sheen, what a time. But (laughs) I think that's the biggest – that was a time. But I think the biggest thing is the Kings are winning because we saw DeMarcus Cousins. He missed out on, I think, maybe two, three all-star games because the Kings were horrible. Mm -hmm. And the Kings are now having one of the feel-good stories and most talked-about stories around the league right now. And I just think he's as deserving. He's as deserving as anybody else because the fact that the Kings are winning, he is playing at a level that is Mm all-star-esque, and there hasn't really been a regression. I mean, he had a rough, like, five games of the year, four games, and, like, rough to his by his standards is maybe, like, 15 points and seven rebounds per game. I think that's what the numbers were at the time. But uh, this is something I haven't seen really from any Kings player since DeMarcus Cousins at his best. And again, I just think he's as deserving as anybody else, but it's political. It's the all-star game. It's favorites. There are people that have spots. Like it's once you get a spot, it's like, when do you lose it? Usually it's by injury. Um, Injuries will happen. That's how some guys get their first all-star appearance. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I, to me, he's got to be a lock. I don't know how you'd pick anybody else over him. Like, I don't think you can pick Rudy Gobert over him. No. Um, I don't think that you can pick um, – I'm just looking at the list of names here. I mean, it's thankfully, like, the West is kind of not that deep. in terms DeAndre of- Ayton. I don't think you can yeah. pick DeAndre. I know he's had a good year, but I don't think you can pick him over Sabonis. But we'll see what right. the coaches want. But right. There's like Laurie Markinen. There's Jeremy right. Grant. Yeah. There's uh, Andrew Wiggins. Like – I think Sabonis is better than all those guys, right? Like, I think he absolutely should be an all-star. I don't feel comfortable saying lock. I feel like (laughs) that word should be reserved for, like, a couple people. Um, Like, Zion is a lock. Jokic is a lock. LeBron. After that, yeah, yeah, LeBron is a lock. Um, And AD probably should be, um, but his health is a question. Like, And then after that, like, you just start to run out of spots is the whole thing, right? Like, I think we can sit here and also say – that Darren is an all-star caliber mm-hmm. player. I think he's deserving of it, but yeah. it's just, there's only so many spots. Mm-hmm. And I think they very much. So both players could make it, but Domas does seem to be the more likely one, just because when you go through and look at the front tour, front court competition, I think there's clearly like a tier where he starts, which is maybe like fourth or fifth guy on this list that we kind of just went through. And then after that, I mean, I think he'd tend to be favorite. I agree with Frank's point of like, you know, the, the starters are all going to be fan votes. I, I don't think that's where Domas is making it, obviously, but I'd imagine that he's somebody that's really respected um, by, by coaches around the league. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, we can't forget that this is also like, this is not all NBA. It's not really about numbers or it it is impact to an extent, but like, this is really just a fan showcase. And, and I do, it feels like Sabonis off of his number. I mean, he's leading the NBA in rebounds. He's got two triple doubles on the season. He's leading the NBA in double doubles. It does seem like pedigree wise, he's more likely of the two to, uh, to make it. But I do feel like narrative wise, people really want to put De'Aaron Fox in this all-star game. I think like people want to, I think from, what I've heard, which is just some brief all-star. I, I was curious who, who people were saying was in the national uh, all-star game conversation. So I watched a couple clips uh, on YouTube and it did seem like a lot of people wanted to have the Kings represented in some capacity. Like we can't forget that the Kings are narrative wise, story wise, like 
a top three story so far in the league this year. And it is really important, I think, that that is reflected in the All-Star game that like, you know, this is a really big team. Let's showcase that they're having a good year. And and like they they really do deserve to have. I think they deserve to have multiple all-stars in it. I think De'Aaron Fox and and Domas have both been at points in this season, De'Aaron, especially at the beginning of the season, incredibly important to this team's success. And like De'Aaron's a really, De'Aaron is a perfect, really fun all-star point guard. Like, I don't think he would be a selfish guy and, you know, try and drop 40. Like, I I just think he would be a really good fit in the, in the team. Not that, you know, that really has anything to do with with people voting, but I, I think that they both get in. And, and he might be darren might be leading the team or or tied with leading the team in ejections at this point or yeah uh he's got one it might just be the one second? yeah i think that yeah i think he i think that's the only person that's he's definitely him. leading the team in well, coach. No, malik malik got ejected earlier this year too that's right <laughs> fitting the, the right, kentucky guys right. the kentucky guys getting tossed uh no i am um, look when wherever the kings are in the standings come like selection time for the coaches i think is going to be really important i think wherever the kings are in the standings is going to be very important come like late january because uh i think that's what coaches are going to take into account i think winning does have a part in being an all-star i mean kings fans can tell you that i mean they've had some good players come through and and haven't gotten the recognition they deserve because of where they are in the standings but i i think it's it's tougher for fox i think sabonis is, is i'll say not a lock but likely to get strong consideration. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, unless Fox goes on a complete tear, uh, he might get into like that DeMarcus Cousins uh, lane of, of making it because of an injury replacement. You know, you don't that's know what right. guys are not going to be suiting up in February. And uh, maybe that's how Fox breaks through, but they're both playing like all-stars is, mm-hmm. is the most important thing. And the Kings are winning. I would say like in front of him would be Luca jaw. SGA. Booker and Steph and Steph is out at the moment. I think he would be coming back right in time for all-star, but um, yeah, I think, I think if De'Aaron were to get in it, like you said, Frank, it would probably be off the vote in, but it kind of, you know, presuming that those three other guys get in of, of Luca, John and Booker uh, and SGA, actually, I I would think De'Aaron would, uh, would be next on the list. If I had to guess. I could see the same. Um, I wanted to ask you, Frank, what De'Aaron said about yesterday's game and, and getting tossed. Um, you were in the locker room and you guys got De'Aaron. He tweeted after the game, officials get really upset when you tell them not to ref the score. Um, but I was just curious what he said about that. Yeah, I mean, he, he said that a lot of – he could have said a lot worse is basically what he was saying and that he was upset because he felt he didn't say enough to that warranted an ejection. He said he's, he's been ejected before, and what he said last night was not deserving. And he, he obviously was trying to avoid a fine, and he said, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But um, I think Sean uh, Cunningham asked him, did you get your money's worth? And he's like, hell no, absolutely not. I did not get my money's worth. He's like, I, that, it was not that at all. So, um, yeah, the, the tweet was fired off before we even got seated in the, the press room. So he was back there teeing that thing up. And uh, I guess, yeah, officials don't like it when you say, you know, ref the game out don't ref the score. I, I, I would imagine that has a, like he's alluding to your, your, your shaven points or something like you're, you're trying to help the Lakers out. I'm guessing is what the refs took that as, but uh, Fox basically, he, he just said he wasn't, he didn't feel like he deserved to be tossed. So, and I, I, if that's really all that he said, 
I agree. I mean, I think you see a lot of guys get away with a lot, like Luka Doncic and, and Draymond Green go to the top of the list. They are literally screaming at referees and getting very close. Luka did get tossed, though, the other day. I, I have not really seen – I don't know how many times he's been ejected, but it's it's not enough. Not just, enough. Just saying. Um, but, yeah, Fox didn't I, – I don't think it was deserved at all. I don't think he was being uh, animated. I don't think he was being over the top. He must have mm. said, you know, something that really kind of – I don't know. Just struck a chord with somebody. So apparently, and I was a little worried there for half a sec. I will say, like, it was only it was not only it was a sixteen point lead, but it's never over until it's over, right? And there was like three minutes left. You're still it's still LeBron you're talking about, and he had been having a really good night. Um, and there was a clear path foul right before, and I was panicking trying to figure out if a clear path is one or two free throws. It is one (laughs) free throw. Um, and they got the two free throws from De'Aaron's uh, double technical, and they got the ball back. So I was like, okay, this could be a really big swing, but credit to the Kings, and this wasn't the only time that the Lakers made it look like they were going to be a part of this game in the second half, Um, but credit to the Kings for really just fighting back right away. Like There was maybe cut down to, I want to say, 11 or something like that at one point, and then the Kings rallied off a couple in a row really quick, shut them out. And, and took care of business because while, you know, we're riding high off that Lakers win, like that Charlotte game was probably the worst loss of the season. So this was a much needed uh, bounce back. Yeah. Uh, that Charlotte loss was, that just seems like one of those that you want to bury. I mean, it, it after the game, Mike Brown said, like, I, I think he, I think multiple people actually said it, that uh, they did not, you know, it would have been them stealing that game had that, you know, people were pointing to to the fact that the Kings missed, what was it, 13 free throws uh, in that game, which, again, that problem seems to rear its ugly head uh, every so often again again and again. Uh, and Mike was like, it, it was not just that. I mean, yeah, sure, you add those 13 points to the total and we win the game, but that would have been stealing the game. Like, they they didn't deserve to win. They didn't come out and, and execute the game plan, and they were they were sloppy that game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would well, much rather just black that out. Well, what we saw on Monday, I mean, again, it, it speaks to how nice a win last night was. Against Charlotte, De'Aaron Fox and Damana Sabonis both had huge nights. Fox tied a season mm-hmm. high 37 points. Sabonis tri- uh, double-double, as we know, 20 boards. Uh, Fox and Sabonis combined for 65 points on 60% shooting. The rest of the Kings, 54 points on 37% shooting. So when you're looking at the other guys like Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, not carrying their weight, that's what happens. Malik Monk, when those guys are all struggling, that's what happens. Fox and Sabonis can can do play to the best of their ability, and that's pretty much the best you could expect from De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. 37 from Fox and a 20-rebound double-double from Sabonis should be a win for the Kings. On you mm-hmm. know, 10 times out of 10, that should be a win. I'm sorry. And last night, you have four starters scoring 20. You have Sabonis with the, the crazy triple-double. Um, they bounce back, and that's that's kind of why I look at the, the loss to Charlotte as a bad loss. Sure, you let Kelly Oubre score 30 points, which I think is a crime in itself. But uh, they they bounce back, and that's important. The fact that they didn't let this kind of spiral snowball exactly. lose to a Lakers team that's missing a bunch of guys. And again, Charlotte has they have players, they have names, they have guys. We talked about that too. Um, missing Terry Rozier, sure, but they have players that are they're no slouches in the NBA. So they bounced back last night, which is huge. But when you see the kind of the discrepancy between 
those two games, it, it's notable how well the starting lineup played last mm-hmm. night and how big that is. If even half those guys could do that, they would have won against Charlotte. Yeah. Well, and it's good to see them too bouncing back after those two bad losses that they had on the road trip. Like the loss to loss to the Knicks was maybe the worst performance, or you know, followed by those were the two worst performances, um, for in my opinion, that the Kings have had this season. The the Knicks game and then the the uh, Sixers game, and then for them. Yes, they lost to the Hornets, but you know if you take the wide wide view of it, they've won three of their last four since that loss to uh, to to the Sixers in a game that they just looked absolutely horrible and outmatched. So it, it's good to me that they at least are showing the capability, not against the greatest competition, but to at least bounce back, like um, not letting it bury them, not losing focus, and and you know going on a random slide here. Like they they have some tough games. Uh, coming up the next two weeks, but then it's right back to an easy schedule. So very interesting to see how they uh, how they bounce back or how they respond uh, to winning again. If Quick question: will, If this will continue, yeah. Question, you guys. Before we, I know we have some backup center talk. That's the hot topic. Yeah, I think sure. everybody's really waiting for. Uh, De'Aaron Fox last four games: twenty-seven and a half points, five boards. About seven assists, 48% from the field, three-point shot, 28%, kind of struggling there. But um, do you guys think he finally has his, no pun intended, like his feet back underneath him? Do you think he's actually – do you think he's healthy? I mean, he seems like he's in good spirits. He seems like he's um, being aggressive. He's he's using his speed. He's not being passive. I just want to know what you guys are seeing from him over the past couple of games. I think he's always going to have lingering stuff here and there, just like everybody um in the nba but specifically guys that play like him like domas is obviously super physical as well but there's a very clear difference in their builds right um so i I think he's always going to have some things bothering him but that specific like foot injury like the burst seems to be back consistently Mm -hmm. there were plenty of games earlier this year um kind of right before that it all come out where you see him noticeably limping and we we haven't seen that at all um, so to me, I, I think it's, yes, I, I think that he looks pretty close to what we saw at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Like Brendan said, I think you're always going to have nicks and bruises. You're never going to be fully a hundred percent. And especially as this season goes on and you know, when, when games really start to matter, you're definitely not going to be a hundred percent, but, um, it's good. To, I, I think, uh, play wise, he's feeling comfortable and and back to his old ways for sure i mean putting up 25 plus points in just about uh all these last four games um or 20 plus points at least in in these past four games i think safe to say he he's definitely back and eye test wise i think he looks back as well last night he had that sick uh that sick baseline reverse that domas threw him that was good to see like foxes foxes dunking again boys (laughs) Uh, and i will shout out real quick mark jones's call I didn't realize this at the time, obviously, because we were there, but I watched the clip back and Mark Jones says an education in elevation. And this yeah, guy just comes up with the craziest before. calls all the time. It, it was, he's no, used he it before. He writes poetic. Them. Yeah, he definitely writes them down. It that was that great. Sounds, it's po- poetic, though. It's, it's very one. beautiful. It very beautiful. You know who all else right. has been poetic in Portugal? Oh, what a transition to the backup center talk. <laughs> Let's do it. 
Uh, Nemeas Kata last night. Nemeas, it is your turn. You are up on the prices, right? You are the Kings' current backup center. You are getting those minutes. Uh, Nemeas Kata last night uh, against Los Angeles played 11 minutes. He was five of five from the field, 10 points, three rebounds, uh, three fouls as well for Nemi. Uh, we saw him come in. Uh, I believe his first game was w- this season was against Joel Embiid in the Sixers. Had a tough go of it then. Really can't expect too much uh, out of out of a very inexperienced guy like Nimi to go against Joel Embiid and expect him to shut him down. But uh, it seems like Nimi is is Mike Brown's current answer at the backup center. How do how are you guys feeling about uh, about the Portuguese sensation Nemias Keita uh, getting those minutes over Tremezi Metu? I think that it's oh, been going well. Um, I, I like that he's gone back to it a little bit, right? Because these, those first two showings were not very good, but it was also like nine minutes total playing time. And I think like yeah. three of them came against Embiid and they had three really quick fouls, right? I'm not going to really get on Nimi for not being able to guard Joel Embiid when literally he was coming in because Domas went out with a handful right. of fouls as well. Like that's very understandable. The Charlotte game I thought was a little tough. Uh, Nick Richards kind of ate them alive and Nick Richards is a huge athletic guy, but there's a lot of, maybe not a lot specifically of Nick Richards, but he's not exactly an outlier when it comes to talent in the NBA or anything. Um, But I I thought that Nimi did really well. This Lakers game was, I feel like the best game we've seen from him definitely this year, um, possibly throughout the course of his, of his career, but five of five from the field um, with 10 points, got three rebounds in there as well and he he did have a couple quick fouls in that first half as well but I I think that he's been solid and and I'd like to see him continue to get a little bit of opportunity I definitely am not feeling like he's for sure the answer at the back of five yet Um, but I would love if he is and I think it's a possibility yeah I mean I think that's what we wanted I think that's what we want to happen to me as Kata flourish in this role and kind of become a backup center and just burst onto the scene and just stay there. That's the best case scenario, right? That he comes out here. What we saw last night is something that we can see consistently. Uh, I, I want to see more from him on the rebounding side of things. I, I just feel like he's too athletic and, and too long to not pull down four or five rebounds uh, per, I mean, 10 minutes on the floor last night. Uh, I think he pulled down three rebounds, which, three. you know, that's, that's not, uh, not bad. Uh, over 10 minutes, but I think that you need more. And five of five from the field is great. Seeing him be strong with the basketball is another thing I want to see more. I mean, he, I feel like he mm-hmm. gets the ball slapped out of his hands so easily. A lot. And, I mean, three turnovers kind of, that's where they come from. I mean, I see a lot of times or, or uh, receiving an inba- or a, a pass in the post, he can't handle it, and, and it gets poked from his, his hands. I just think he needs to be strong with the basketball in his hands, and I don't think that's something that should be too hard for him. He's a very strong person, so uh, they'll have to work with him on that, but uh, it raises the question. There are names out there. Their names are floating around. Uh, yesterday, I think a name that came across my radar, someone we saw on Monday with his his impeccable free throw form, Mason Plumley is is a somebody. Brendan, I know you you were you were fascinated by it the other night. I I do not understand how free cum- crumble cookies were not won in that game. Like that seemed like point. the freest game for that to possibly happen. Um, Have you guys no- seen the thread of of? reactions to him shooting free throws though uh rob perez on twitter has a thread of nba benches oh, reacting yeah. <laughs> to mason Plumley shooting yeah. and trey lyles like they got his reaction because he made a, a jumper he made a jumper a 15 footer 
And Trey Lyles just literally was just like, like just threw his arms up. It was like, what the hell was that? So I, it's the ugliest know. thing I've ever seen. It's and like, very ugly. shout out Matthew Delavadova, who's right there. Um, We're up. <laughs> like, if we just got to go into practices and watch those two guys have a shooting competition, I think it might be my favorite thing to ever watch. Maybe we will. Uh, but but the same way that Delhi has his other things he has done well throughout the course of his career and st- can still do now, um, Mason Plumlee has a lot of uses. You know, I, I think that mm-hmm. you could play clearly they want to play the same way that they play with Domas when he's on the bench, which I think is sometimes I question, but I also understand. Um, you just want to keep that same style, right? And like that is just how we play basketball, no matter who is out there. But it is very much catered to having Domas. Mm-hmm. So asking somebody else to replicate Domas is is hard. There's not very many guys that have that skill set. But I think that Mason Plumlee is kind of one of those guys. He's a really good screen setter. I think he's a decent decision maker with the ball that can pass a bit. Um, Nimi is kind of hypothetically that guy too, um, and, and maybe he could get there. But like Plumlee is a interesting option and expiring like I I don't have an issue trading for a backup center but like of course the conversation has to like also be you're you can't be giving up much just for a guy that's playing what like a dozen minutes a night yeah and that's the thing like who is going to be out there that's going to offer more than the Kings or probably other teams that can offer more and the Kings are not really in a place where they want to break up their team right now so trading Rashawn Holmes and Terrence Davis for Plumlee. If they're looking to have some, some building blocks for the future guys that they can hope to, you know, I know Terrence Davis is inspiring too, but Rashawn Holmes is somebody that uh, I don't know if his value is that high right now. So you might have to tack on somebody like TD. who They could hope to take a flyer on and maybe things work out, but I don't know if they'll be willing to give up TD in a deal for, for Mason Plumlee. I think TD has been a, a very big part of the Kings bench. And even though his numbers aren't jumping off the page of you, just the things that he does that don't show up on the box score the energy he brings are so valuable to that second unit. So uh, it's going to be what what player can the Kings acquire without giving up a lot? That's a very tough question because right. that's what everybody team wants. They don't want to give up a lot to get a lot. But Plumlee is averaging 10, 9, and 4 right now on 60% shooting. That's great. I mean, he, he, he obviously can plug that hole offensively. The defense, I'm not sure how well he is on that end of things. I mean, the blocks, uh, they're they're – not there, like a half blocker game. Uh, and of course, you don't need to have blocks to be an efficient defender. It could be uh, just just protecting the paint, just keeping guys from from attacking the rim consistently. That's something that the Kings have kind of struggled with. They're allowing, I think, third, fourth most points in the paint in the NBA this year. So just closing off that side of things is huge, but I don't know how much it would cost to get Plumlee. I'd imagine he's more expensive than Mo Bamba. I mean, that's the other name that we've seen out there, Mo Bamba. I mean, I don't know if you guys would want to give up. I think... Orlando's looking for a first, but they might budge on two seconds. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, if it's two seconds, absolutely. I think the Kings have a million second-round picks, uh, but I don't know how well Mo Bamba would fit. I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on him as a candidate? I don't, really I don't love know. him. I think, like, <clears throat> you know, he, he might solve the rim protection issue. He's a good stretch, but, you know, he's not really much of a playmaker. He's not – a screen setter really at all. I mean, he's got a really slender frame. I like, um, you know, I, I would much rather run out Kata and see what you have with him that then take a flyer on Bamba. I do think Plumlee is a decent shout. I think he's, he's kind of like that perfect. I shouldn't say perfect, but he's a really good option in terms of just somebody who's going to come in, be steady 
and do a job like he, he's he kind of does all the things that the Kings are wanting from their backup center, a guy who can rebound, a guy who can screen, like Brendan said, a guy who can, you know, keep keep that offense going uh, that the Kings want to run. And it's only, you know, like somebody else said this as well. It's only for 12 minutes. You're not asking somebody to do it for an entire 25 minutes or something. So I, I like Mason Plumley is probably the best option, but um I do think Namias has the capability to do it. I just don't know if it's gonna if that development process is gonna happen this year. Like he he's got the frame, but I just don't think he has the foot speed or really the the basketball IQ at the moment. And it's just hard to get like a backup center that has everything, right? Like right. I am a little interested in Nerlens Noel, assuming that his price is pretty low. He's not really playing much. Um mm-hmm. And I think he has one more year after this on his current contract. But like, that's just a guy that I think is a really good rim protector. I think he instantly comes in and is the best rim protector on the roster. Um, there are questions about like playing through him on offense in a way. And, and I don't know if playing through him is the right way, but he needs to be able to make quick decisions. He's got to be able to pass. And I don't know if that's really there, um, but it just has to be enough, right? Like, Ideally, you already have the guy on your roster. Ideally, Nimi can come in and play that role, or maybe Rashawn Holmes can settle into the role, or or maybe you just feel like once one guy isn't performing that you have enough other options, whether that be like once Nimi slows down a little bit, that maybe you just can just go back to Metu, and then he'll give you an okay uh, performance for 15 games before you're not feeling that anymore, and then maybe you want to swap to Holmes. Like, I don't know if that's a great way to go about it, but there's enough options where I don't feel like they're just like totally screwed necessarily there. Um, they're definitely having games that they, that it felt that way though. Like the uh, Toronto game, the backup center minutes were really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Metu's first half was, was pretty tough there. Um, there were three games in a row. I don't know what Domas ended with last night, 37 minutes, but the three games prior to that, he was playing 40 minutes a night. And I think that was one of the main thing coach Brown said is that like, we just can't be doing that to Domas. And so I, I think that there's other decent options. Like you mentioned, uh, Mo Bamba. Um, I said, Nerland's Noel. We talked about Mason Plumley. I'm, I'm forgetting any of the others. Um, but I, I think that there are decent options that I wouldn't mind trying to acquire, but I also don't know that that's like my focal point of Sacramento's upcoming deadline. Right. What is your focal point? GM Brendan. Yeah. GM Brendan. Um, wings <laughs> like young forwards that could be just just players that are not like just trying to clean up specific details of this season and things that are more long-term like a pj washington you know i, I don't love pj washington but i think he could be a starter in the league but i just mean somebody young like that who you could have extended control of um because when you have domos on your team like your backup center role is not going to be that important. It matters. They just can't kill you out there. Right. But I do think that like, what if Harrison Barnes is not here next year? Like that's a big hole that would need to be filled. Right. Um, So I I think that there are just like other things that I'd imagine they're going to have conversations with, but I don't mean to like downplay the backup center thing because I I think it had clearly been a problem recently, um, but it felt okay last night and maybe Nimi can eventually be that answer. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy that we're sitting here talking about, what the Kings need to, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different kind of upgrade. You know, I think a year, a year or so ago, we were talking about, well, they need to tear it down. Who's it going to be? I think it was yep. Fox, Fox or Tyrese are going to be on the move. That's all the, 
the the big guys are saying, the big rumors that there are Fox or, or Halliburton, and of course they they change it. But are the Kings a championship contender right now? No, but you're right. I mean they they do need to have they need more work. They need to have more players come in that can be impactful. And while it's going to be great for the Kings, they can bring in a backup center like if they could get Plumlee or uh, Noel would be a decent get. Um, any of those guys. They need more than just a backup center to be truly like a legitimate threat in the Western Conference. And while they've been good so far, and I think it's it's we're able to enjoy the good basketball that we're watching, it might take another uncomfortable move to to kind of push the needle and and get them to a point where people say, okay, like Sacramento is is for sure one of the top five, top six teams in the West. It's not just a, a December conversation as they currently sit six. It's a oh, they're they're really gonna be in the playoffs and it might take an uncomfortable move. And like I said earlier, giving up someone like TD would, wouldn't be great to me or, or any of those other guys that are currently uh, performing off the bench. And the chemistry is so, is so great right now. That's going to be a tough line for Monty McNair to navigate. I mean, how do you navigate that point? And the Kings are now at a point where I think they don't need to make many moves, but obviously we have, I think about a month and a half till the deadline. Will things change? I don't know. Maybe the Kings get better. Maybe they decide to stay on Pat. We'll see, but it's going to be very interesting to see how it all unfolds. I think the Kings do like, I think they do kind of need to not necessarily prioritize, but I do think that they do need to address it in some capacity. Like, I don't, I don't think that they can go into the playoffs and realistically expect, like we've seen Domas, especially early in the season, getting a lot of foul trouble. That's 100% going to happen at some point in the playoffs. And you're going to have to have an answer for somebody who can give you 20 playoff minutes at backup center and somebody who won't like, you know, cause that that's just going to be the, the easy way to take out the Kings is just to run at Domas until he gets in foul trouble. And at that point, the Kings will, will be screwed really. I mean, they'll have offensively, you'll absolutely kill them. And, and uh, you know, maybe defensively they'll, they can survive, but um, the Kings are not going to win any playoff games. If Demonis Sabonis can only play 30, or so minutes in a playoff game like they're they're gonna need uh and if he does have to play 30 minutes like they're gonna need somebody to to to, to fill that role in and, and not be Namias Kate and not be Chemezi Metu no no disrespect to those guys I just don't see them getting playoff minutes at this point I agree no I agree I am the same I am the same bars um, bars I have not been able to shake this thought for like a week or so now. And I feel like I haven't heard anybody talk about it. <laughs> Isn't it kind of crazy how close we were to having Mark, Mark Jackson as our head coach and just like what universe <sighs> we would be in right now. Like, would any of this have been happening if Mark Jackson was our head coach with all due respect? No chance. No, 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 <laughs> Good answer. no. Good I mean, answer. I can't, I just, no, I'm sorry. I, 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 I just like, I cannot shake that thought. I don't know why. It's just like, there's some alternative universe out there where Mark Jones is our coach. Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson, Kim <laughs> Mark, Mark Jones. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> that, that hey, hey, there, hey, there probably is. I mean, the multiverse right. is real. Maybe, right. maybe right. you never know. He can, he can double up. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a multiverse where Mark Jackson is our head coach and he's doing, he's yelling at people in, in church sessions or whatever it was that he did with Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot shake the thought and like just how perfect, like all of it ended up coming together. 
uh, like with Mark, with uh, with uh, Mike Brown and, and how this team is, has came together. It just fe- seems like a perfect fit and like it's just something that's so naturally like, yeah, this makes sense. Like it all has played out and like it, it just I can't imagine what this team would look like with Mark Jackson. Tyler said it in the chat. Mama, there goes that man. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Yeah, I. uh I really am upset that you brought that thought into my head. Sorry. <laughs> I was happy. I've not been able to shake it. No, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it means that you're appreciative how, of how <laughs> great of a spot the Kings are in right now. The Kings are having so much fun. Uh, you know, the, the beam, the defensive player of the, of the game, which, by the way, right. we'll have oh, to look more into if Keegan yeah, broke. Gotta... If Keegan actually broke that, like, the metal. We, we got to figure that out. We got to investigate a little bit. <laughs> we will have to figure it out. I, I don't know if there was anything that I feel like I've been like more vocal on than the whole right. Mark Jackson thing when it was happening. Um, so take that into account. But at the same time, like I think it's so much credit to just Mike Brown. Like he has been phenomenal. There's nobody I enjoy talking to more. First mm-hmm. of all, um, he's super insightful and not afraid to call guys out. And you could tell it's not like when he's calling somebody out that that's the first time they're hearing it is the players are going to look at their phone and be like, what the heck is coach saying about me? Like he is absolutely saying this to these guys faces in real time, picking and choosing his moments um, to have teaching moments. He's also hyping people up. Keegan drew those charges yesterday and Mike Brown puts both hands in the air and is like seemingly yelling. Um, Yeah. I, I like it as much as I was, a big skeptic of the other option. It's just crazy. Those were the final two options. Right. right. And there was right. one that I was like, Oh God, please no. Right. And then I admittedly didn't really know what to expect from Mike Brown, but he's been like, I think everything that anyone could have ever asked for, if it wasn't for Boston's totally screwed up off season, I think that Mike Brown would probably be a favorite for coach of the year right now. Um, I think Joe Missoula is probably that guy mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, Will Hardy but, as well. Right. Um, but coach is going to be right there, man. I, I think he, votes. he's going to be a finalist. Yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll get some votes. He might finish second or third. Um, unless the Kings go again, unless the Kings do something very special and they rip off like a 15 of 20 streak and they're, they finish season third in the West. I think it's going to be Missoula's to lose, but yeah, I mean, Brown for sure. will get some, some, some votes. I don't doubt that at all. Just putting it out here. Kings are only two games back of the first seed. So, you know, if and, on nice and for the 11th. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but but they get to play that first seed in back to back games here, not not too far they away. Do. Yep, Denver Nuggets uh, coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday on a back to back. That'll be interesting. Nuggets just lost to the Lakers the other day, so I feel like uh, I feel like there's a there's an opportunity for us to split that at least. Um, to me, I mean, yeah, Mike Brown like has definitely. It's just reinforced to me that yeah, the coaching stuff definitely matters, but I think a lot of uh, players will tell you that it's a lot of the same stuff ran around the league, but like the person, the human side of it, like is just as important to being a coach. And like Mike Brown is a hall of fame person. Like I was talking, I was telling Brendan yesterday, like, like we thought Alvin was just an incredible post or, you know, press conference in general. It seemed like Alvin was always in good spirits, always had a joke or, or just was going to make the, his, his 10 minute press conference you were going to get something funny or witty or, you know, something you could take home from it. Mike has absolutely taken that and ran with it. And it feels like it's almost like coordinated. It's like, how does this guy 
did he just randomly decide again yesterday to put his foot on the table? Like that was something he decided to do yesterday. He says Keegan had no <laughs> swag when, when receiving the chain, like that is like, he's just such a brilliant, brilliant comic. And he's not even intending to be uh, like, it, I, I could not enjoy somebody more. It was out of nowhere. It was like in a movie and you see like a celebrity cameo. Like, he just literally <laughs> slammed his sock on the table and we were just like, Oh, okay. Like, is, <laughs> hell yeah, Mike. Let's do it again, man. You know, Brendan, no socks. I know you. I I really yeah, was thinking people. about it for half a sec right now, but I have plenty of regrets from the last conversation. Right. <laughs> Are you wearing socks though? Yes. I, we yeah, do. Okay. Recording shoes. Re- recording. Bar- you're in shoes. I am. I, oh, I have to do a lot of things to stuff. be able to focus. And one of my weird things is I just like if I'm working, I can go and put shoes on. You get dressed. Give me a look. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. Wow, I I can do right. like I, I can I can do my work like laying down in bed. Like, I I can Frank do works I naked actually. I mean, yeah. sure. I mean, absolutely Fully nude. And I don't. I don't. I, that would be that would be strange. Don't but... stand up. Only when you're writing Yankee stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> the Aaron Judge. The Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> Full yeah. nude. <laughs> uh, hey, if Matt comes at you, Brendan, tell him he's on skates. There Ooh. it is. Shout out to Matt. Shout out Matt George. There it is. Tyler in the chat. If Matt George comes on, tell him he's on skates. Um, yeah, that was definitely a, a nice, a nice time for King's Twitter. And uh, Matt is is taking his lumps right now, and he's Matt's he's a bold he's, man. He's a good man, but he's taking his lumps right now. God bless him. Big bless Matt him. George fan. Huge. That Matt sounded George. a lot more sarcastic than it meant to when it came out, but I swear. I... No, me too. I mean, he. he... We... We just did the pod with him. I, I love Matt. <laughs> we just did a pod with him. We have to like him, right? Like, that's no, that's just that's stop like it. <laughs> it. No, in all seriousness, we are we are probably Matt George's three biggest fans. We we really yes. do truly love Matt George. Like Matt is Kevin, Matt Kevin Don's in there, of, but like, I love Kevin. I love, I love Kevin. both of those two. They're, they their they dynamic is hilarious. They, they really do, bro. They would have a show. And it honestly would be it would be a hit. Like if it was like a documentary <laughs> style following them around the workplace and like what they do for their jobs and the conversations they have, they would, it would be great TV. I would watch yeah. it. It'd be appointment television. So yeah, they should work at a TV it. station or something. Yeah, they right. should. It's like they have right. cameras or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you guys have uh, any big, big holiday plans? Mm. I, um, no, not really. I, I was going to take that in a totally different direction for no Aren't good you flying out? Aren't you leaving? I am mom? actually, yeah, but I'm just going to see family. It's like nothing special. Brandon um, goes to L.A.? I do. Goes uh, From to the LA. 24th to the 26th. So not long. Making sure to not miss any of these games. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. I, I spent the last couple days, uh, I had a memory that i was a giants fan and then i remembered that i actually don't care a couple days later yep um and that was pretty great but no it's really all i've had going on i'm doing all my christmas shopping today really <laughs> not all of it well maybe a bit i actually am about to head down i'm going to the all my family wants they want king stuff so i'm actually right. going to be heading to the i'm sure the king store is not going to be a nightmare in about an hour and a half or two hours but um, there's some cheap jackets i think so they're what ninety five dollars. I never check the price of those. If anyone in the comments right now was at the Kings game last night and went to the team store and checked out the price of those jackets, could you please uh, let us know how much those cost? I'm very very curious. Chris, do you have any holiday plans? Uh, no, nothing out of the norm. I mean, uh, on Friday I'm going to be uh, making 
making tamales with my uh with my mexican half of the family you know that's always a nice tradition on christmas eve we just tear up tamale like i'm talking hundreds of tamales being made uh so yeah i mean that that's always fun that's always a good time christmas eve is always a good time christmas is actually like my light day you know like christmas it's really just like the morning you do the business you you open the gifts you say the thanks and then like the rest of the day is kind of just open i don't yeah. know if, is that is that how you guys normally do it too I, I think you and i talked about that how christmas eve is our both of our big family day right and that's that's like our christmas our whole family's there christmas day we have families split up some go to tahoe some stay here um i usually just you know, okay. watch hold sports on. all day. Hold what is this? Hold, hold is, is that hold that's real? not true? That is that true. real? Hold that on. can't be true. Hold on. It, it could be nine hundred dollars. It was like some designer. What is the collab, bro? There Wait. is no Anthony Hamilton. I believe is his name. Wait, yeah, are you being totally se- be Alex? Are you being serious? Alex Figs, my guy. Is that nine hundred dollars, bro? Nine hundred dollars. I understand that they're leather. I understand that it is made by the same iconic designer that made Kobe's, you know, you see Kobe in the shower with the trophy and he's got that leather jacket on with the championship. I understand that is a valuable thing. $900 is rent. That's, that's like, a lot. You could of live somewhere for a month. Or I guess you could have this jacket probably for the rest of your life. So I guess, you know, sure, whatever. Capitalism. I'm not very materialistic. I have I have like a couple pairs of shoes, a couple pairs of jeans, some cheap shirts. I just live my life that way. I don't have style. Don't like to act like I have style. Don't think it's cool that I don't spend money on clothes. (laughs) I'm just saying I don't think it's cool that No, it's not cool. (laughs) No, it's I don't think I'm not saying deep insecurity, actually. If you like to wear nice things, it tells me a lot about you. The biggest thing is the money. Like it's too much money to to buy these right. things. Like, who's going to spend that money on? Who's going to do that? Do so people do I, that? I think I've asked Brendan about this, and I'm curious just what what your answer is to Frank. If you spend, we won't say nine hundred, but we'll say you spend a hundred and fifty dollars on a t shirt, just a t shirt. I would never do that, but please go on. Would you wear it? All the time because you spent so much money on it, or would it be one of those things that it's like I spent one hundred fifty dollars? This is like a twice a year type of thing. I mean, what was your answer, Brendan? Because I want you would probably pay money for that. So I want Brendan. You have that Cactus Jack shirt. I do have a shirt. There is one shirt (laughs) that I, in my mind, if I get like one thing every once in a while, super rarely, eventually I will have a couple things that I could just like absolutely love. Right. and as of now, it's just one, and it will only be just one for a long time now. Um, very rarely do I wear that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, very rarely. I got to be honest with you guys. If a shirt costs more than, like, $30, i am not buying it. Not happening. Unless someone's yeah. buying something else for me, like, as a gift. I, me and clothes, like, I, I, you see how I dress at games. I'm very plain. I wear, like, these long sleeve plain shirts that I'm sure my mom or my girlfriend got from Coles or Macy's or something. I don't even, I just, I don't know. Like if I got a shirt like that, I probably would never wear it. Cause I'd be afraid of ruining it. It's the same reason no, why no. I don't buy expensive sunglasses. I feel you. Cause I'm, I if I get, a, if I get a scratch on them, my whole like month is going to be ruined. Yeah. If I buy Ray-Bans, and I scratch them. So those Definitely jackets filled are... coffee on my shirt one time. And it was freaking <laughs> <laughs> 900 with hacks. Um, I'm out. I don't need that. All I'm learning is I'm a lot more broke. Like I knew I was broke, but like God, 
I'm, like I'm broke ass. I'm, I'm already like looking at. I'm gonna have to go buy multiple Nike Kings things, and it's gonna be like hundred and thirty dollars oh. today, which is whatever. It's Christmas. <laughs> I don't care about that. That's exactly not, how I. I don't want to be cheap. I don't want to be cheap. I'm happy to give to other people, but for myself. Yeah. I am not going – I just won't do that. I, don't know. I feel you, bro. I'm the same exact way. Like, my entire wardrobe is either from a thrift store or, like, a Christmas gift or a birthday gift that my mom or my sister got me. And uh, everything else is – like, I go in my closet once a week, and I'm like, I hate all my clothes. I don't have anything. I'm going to go on a shopping spree, but that requires me to spend $800. So that's also not – It's happening. always a nice idea. It's always a nice idea. But actually doing it. <sighs> Nine hundred is crazy. Like that can't be. How do you bring again? This is just proving my brokenness. But like, how are you prepared to spend nine hundred? You like you show up to the Kings game. You already are ready to spend like one hundred fifty dollars on drinks and food or whatever. But then another nine hundred dollars on a jacket, and like they're cool. They're They're cool, but they they didn't like the Warren Lotus shirts were. Awesome. Those were dope. Those were right. Dope. But yeah. those also were too expensive. expensive. Yes. Also expensive. There are some people in the world that just have so much disposable income and they just don't care. That's nothing they don't to work them. At radio stations. That's for they don't work at radio stations. Right. Right. They don't cover an NBA. They don't have team. podcasts. <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't have podcasts. No, it's right. it's just like some people are saying, What? Well, I'll buy three of those things. I'll buy, I'll buy three of them and give them to you guys. You guys are ridiculous. Yeah, okay. Do, want, bro. do it then. Bro. Prove it. Yeah. Yeah, well, just, let's let's let's, let's manifest that, fellas. Manifest us being in that position someday that we can say, "Hey, nine hundred dollar jacket, I'll take twelve. Not that I need them, just to say that I can. But right now, I cannot, and I won't. When the Kings are on top of the world and we are the premier team <laughs> covering them, I still don't think that we'll buy a jacket. But <laughs> we're, we're, when we're in our mansions on the same street and we can walk across the street, like we can come knock on each other's doors and say, Hey, let's go buy one of those jackets today. Yeah. But we bought five of them yesterday. Who cares? It's like, okay, so I, I would have this thought uh, before I started covering the team. Now I feel like it's, it would be deemed unacceptable, but um, if the team won a championship, the Kings, if the Kings won a championship, would you guys, get a ring how does that how does that happen i, Whether would have. Be, I mean it would not be a staff i mean you know yeah there, there's options for staff rings but like would you get some sort of like memorabilia that would you know it could be a replica ring i guess or like a would, would you get something that I, I i'm more saying when i was younger i would definitely be like if the kings win a championship like i want to i want to i want to ring like I, no i need to have something that's like yeah, like that I can just look at and be like, we did for that. for a second. I was gonna answer seriously and say that when I had my old job, I would have gotten an actual right. ring. Like people in the ticket Whoa. sales office and everything. Well, it's not a real ring, it's like a, a lesser version, but people right. that work it in is. the for the team, they get rings. And yes, uh they do. I work with the Can couple. I say also yes, you have to pay for those. Like as a staffer, you still I have to pay. I had a friend so. who uh who worked with the Niners and uh when they went to the Super Bowl in Miami they were like they sent out the the guilt i think it's gildan that does the rings uh they sent out the pamphlet and everything and you can pick they have like options of rings that you can buy but yeah even the staff still has to pay like 500 to a thousand dollars or whatever for the ring yeah one of my coworkers was a sales rep for the the heat back in 06 and he had a rock but no i i have a i have a lifelong like deal with some friends 
it was nice. It was a nice ring. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have a lifelong like deal with some friends that I'll get a tattoo if the Kings win an, an NBA championship. It'd probably be like a small one, like on my leg or something. But I I will yeah. stand by that if that happens. I will get one. But they have I'll, to win a championship. So I'll commit to that right now with an added detail. If Keon Ellis is Finals MVP. <laughs> I will get a tattoo. I have no tattoos. I don't plan right, on getting right. tattoos. Yep. <laughs> but if he- Keon Ellis ever wins a Finals MVP, I will. Uh, well, you know, we'll change it to if Keon if the Kings win a championship and Keon Ellis starts in any game. Okay. That's all. I <laughs> You're need. trying to hedge your bets. You're like, Jeez. if he's coming off the bench, uh, but no, watch not enough. Watch the Kings make the finals this year and food poisoning hits. Uh, like Kevin right. Herter and Malik Monk <laughs> miss one game. And for that one game, Keon, Keon Ellis needs to start. And then they come back. That'd be great. There NBA record 12 steals in a game. Real quick. Deflections. Uh, silent in the chat. I'm on the official Kings online merch store. The most expensive jacket I've seen is 1500 for a jacket. Uh, what? Does that come with... Uh, a date with a ring with 50 cent is that like, what's, that, what's happening that has to come with a full season of tickets we hey return of the roar jackets oh honestly hey those now, look, those the logo shout out to our, to our guy russ i mean yeah the logo, shout out russell man uh it's that'd be a clean jacket like it's it's, it's a spin on the, o, the og kings logo but uh, i also will not be spending 1500 dollars on a king's uh jacket what the hell is on what? a 1500 dollar jacket What's the name of that designer again from yesterday, Chris? Anthony Hamilton, I believe. Okay, this is not the same one. Dude, this is the most basic, like, black jacket. I, I don't... Yeah. Let me see. Let me make sure that that's right. Are you able to share a screen, Chris? Uh, yeah, I can. you guys the link. This is ridiculous. Maybe Chris can show show the nice people like on YouTube. This, this next one. pull it up first. And I like, do not so, understand. Yeah, it's... I, I, I almost convinced myself when I said you can either buy rent for a month or have a jacket because like a leather jacket will last you a lifetime. And I do think if you're a season ticket member and like, I don't know, it, it, the I could, finest I could, alpaca fur, somebody said in the chat, <laughs> I could maybe rationalize it a little bit. But yeah, you would have to uh, you would definitely have to wear that thing. You would have to wear it to every game for for the rest of your life for sure uh let's see so they have a designer jacket here which we're seeing hold on let's let's uh let me it, pull it just, this up first. The, my whole issue here where i oh, could boy. never consider it in the slightest is okay. that it doesn't even stand out to me as like oh that's really sick like the war and lotus thing did you know like right this is uh, somebody saying Jeff Hamilton. These, this is probably Jeff the Hamilton. jacket. Then I was like, I feel like Anthony Hamilton may or may not be a. That's president. a rapper. That's a rapper. I'm pretty sure. Oh, geez. What's uh, Alexander Hamilton is uh, is from Hamilton movie. That's, <laughs> that's who it is. That's like, yeah. It's a different rapper. I, where am I getting confused here? Different rapper. Yeah. Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah these sure. these are the Jeff Hamilton jackets that are up here that are twelve hundred. Okay, and I, so... I like how they think they're cute by crossing out the regular seventeen hundred, and oh, it's reduced to twelve hundred dollars. Let's see. Here. I, I just, this screen. is not my. I don't know. Here we go. I, I can't. Oh. So here it is. This uh, is it. Apparently, no. This is not it. I don't think this is it. How much? Because if I'm not mistaken, it was a blackjack. This is seventeen. Got a little overlay going on. That's all right. Oh, do I really? Let's uh, let's take that off. 
No, 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 no. We got it. We got it. We got it. Let's take pro- that off. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You're a pro. There we go. So this jacket right here is $1,700. What is unique now, look, about it? Like, doesn't have a dollars. It's just on the back. It's just this big. Is it the whole thing jacket? on the back? I don't want that. Oh, and I thought they had the alternate so logo. This is the one that I thought was. JH. No, JH is probably that guy, right? Hamilton? I don't know. If that was $100, wow. I'd buy it. <laughs> if it was $100, I'd buy it. But it's not. It's, so, yeah, it's... Th- that's a good question. How much would it have to be for you to consider? I, I, I don't like... really like the jacket, to be honest. One, like 150 150 so let, let's say in like five years some thrift resale guy shout out I'll, I'll give a shout out at christo's closet on instagram if you don't follow at christo's closet you should uh he's got a lot of great classic uh classic king's thrift stuff and he puts it up for pretty cheap i would say like if this jacket were to go for 250 it would probably get sold like it is leather not me. <laughs> not, me. Not, not i not i uh, what a life! I mean, yeah, what, someone Just, out there is. I'm gonna be on the lookout for that at games. I'm gonna be on the lookout to see if anyone has that jacket. And if I see you with that gonna jacket, like, I'm gonna uh, come up to you. I'm gonna ask you why. What do you, what do, you why? do for a living? Yeah. What do you do for a living? Right. What do you do no, for no. a living? Right. It feels like uh, I, I would view you the same way I view like people who pay for for Twitter Blue. There's like that meme of uh, like someone like a mannequin crying, and then someone like pointing at them and be like, "This yeah. mf are paid for Twitter." I'd Twitter be like, "This mf paid nine hundred dollars for that jacket." <laughs> like, we just start. Yeah. Okay, everybody, let's go rid- ridicule this clown. <laughs> oh, oh, I have money. Look at me. I spend. Not- Sorry, I don't want to. It's <laughs> me not insult the rich. We're, as, we're just, we as... sound like we're petty because we're poor, and it's like yeah, I'm poor. Well, we are definitely poor. Please, if you have enough money to. Spend to spend nine hundred dollars on a jacket, don't do that. Invest it in podcasts. Sponsor a podcast Mo, for your local podcasters. Moe's is upset. Mo, my dog behind me is very upset about this. He's literally right behind my shoulder. You can see him. We're all upset. Um, this is BS. Yes. I don't. I know. I, I know. I wouldn't buy no, him Mo's like a angry. like five hundred dollar dog food or something like with caviar. I don't know. I wouldn't buy that for you, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, anything okay. else, fellas? It's nice, a nice ninety-minute, nice ninety-minute nice run. Yeah. Uh, Kings have a game on Friday against uh, good friend Kyle Kuzma, Washington yep, Wizards. Friend. So Kyle Kuzma friend. might wear that jacket. He oh, probably has like three of those jackets. One thousand. Um, and then the Kings have a couple of days off, no game day after Christmas, which is the first time I think in three years they have not had a game day after Christmas. I can't say I'm mad about that. And then back to back against the. Uh, I think someone in the chat said Sabonis Light. Sabonis Light, Nikola Jokic. Love that. No calling Sabonis. Oh, my my guy, Adam Taylor. Um, if the Kings Seems like an inside joke. Peyton Pritchard. It is because at the time of the draft, I did a lot of Celtic stuff with Adam, and at the time of the draft, I think that was the one draft that I got like 30, 40 people in on my big board, and I just looked at Peyton Pritchard and was like, I'm not ranking this guy. He's not going to be anything and he's been solid um i would not trade for peyton pritchard though i don't think adam it's a good shout you're out 
No, I'm still yeah, yeah, all in on Romeo Langford. If you can get Romeo Langford for a flyer, <laughs> oh, not this again. No, I was gonna say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, would imagine take Davion the the MVPs. Co- what are they co MVPs of summer league? Peyton Pritchard and Davion. Right. Mitchell, that'd probably be like yeah, a swap. Were. And I'm, right. I'm not, inter- I'm not interested in that swap. But Peyton Pritchard is. There's nothing yeah. like Peyton Pritchard leaving summer league and then come going playing in pro ams and then coming back for the finals just right. to have an off night. He scored 70, scored 70 in a pro-am and just came back. <laughs> Blasphemy, Adam. No, he, he gave the Kings buckets in that game a couple of weeks ago. He really kind of helped change the tone of that game. So, I'm still a big James up. Young guy. Okay, Bill guy, He's on main right now. Like, I saw really? Post they still have the other him day in the organization? I, was, <laughs> I think he's hopped around different places. But oh, okay. I, I like, saw bro, a picture the up. other day, and I was like, what? This guy is still eligible for the G League? Like, how is this? I guess there's not an eligibility. He's like, he's he's, he's developing. He's he's coming through the season. Oh yeah, he's coming up. Yeah, yeah. I believe Pooh, uh, Frank. I, I believe Pooh Jetter is still in the G. I think he plays for the Ignite, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he he's still going, and he's somebody that uh, I'm surprised when I was a kid, I didn't want a king. Well, not a kid, but I was like in high school, I didn't want a Kings Jetter. Like it says, it looks like it says Jeter, and Derek Jeter, Jeter was my favorite athlete, so I could have had a Kings jersey that said Jetter and a Yankee. I don't know. I'm surprised I missed that one. But right. yeah, he's still he's still chugging along, man. I think he's like 38, 39 years old. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, all right, all right. All right, that feels okay. like a good place to end it. Um, let's see. Kings Wizards Here. Friday. Yeah. King, Kings, Kings Wizards Weekly? Friday. Oh, Kings Weekly is going to be on, on Saturday. I just found Christmas that out Eve. yesterday. Yeah, Christmas Eve got me working. I uh, don't know what I'm going to talk about yet on there. We'll st- <laughs> still have to figure that out. Uh, I'll probably do like a Christmas wish list and like a New Year's resolution thing or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll think of something cute um, and I'll more than likely have one of you guys on. So uh, stand by your phones. Um, yeah, but a a good week in Kings basketball is in the books. Uh, another interesting week ahead. Uh, play the Wizards on Friday, and then uh, we mentioned the back-to-back against the Nuggets on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then play the Utah Jazz on Friday. Me and Frank will probably be live again uh, on Thursday next week around the same time, 10 a.m., uh, so please be sure to uh, to check us out uh, on Thursdays. We are planning to do these streams routinely. Uh, again, you can check me out on Saturdays on Kings Weekly. Brendan, do you have anything to plug? Um, I guess I got King's Pulse podcast and then all the writing from myself and the other great guys and gals at the King's Herald. But yeah, yes, you guys. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, someone in the comments said Frankie was definitely in elementary school and they had Jetter. Um, close. I mean, I, I, I was probably 14. It's close. Yeah. But, um, I was still being know, conceived. Brendan was like, yeah, not even a, a thought in his parents' head yet back yeah. in 2000, 2009, 2000. Well, I was never a thought. I just existed. You know, there was no previous thought. No previous thought. No. 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 <laughs> you, were just, you, were just, you were in the void. You were just literally in the void. Yeah. Aren't yeah, we yeah. all? Anyways, Kings win. <laughs> Times are good. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Um, good times, man. I'm having good times right now. just want to say yeah, thanks good time. to you guys. It's definitely for, a good time. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah for sure. That was, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I like. I think it's an interesting idea. They have the uh, 
believe it's a menorah. I could definitely be wrong with on ba- that. With yeah. basketballs on it. Yeah, yeah they've had basketballs. Couple of years. <laughs> I'm like, damn, <laughs> that definitely took some time. It's kind of cool, but, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, If you don't want to celebrate anything, I, I guess happy December 25th. Um, mm-hmm. Happy Kings. Happy Kings. Happy December 23rd. Kings Wizards. Uh, last thing, what are you guys hoping to see over the next three games? Wizards, Nuggets, Nuggets. That's the next three before we record again. I'm looking for two and one. Definitely the same. I, I think, honestly, the biggest thing is just that they don't lose the Wizards game. Like, I think that the Charlotte game needs to be the outlier, like bad loss, right? And Coach kind of talked about it as a reality check, and when Sean had him clarify yesterday, it was kind of just, he doesn't want to make excuses, but the impression I got was that, you know, they just overlooked their opponent a little bit that they mm-hmm. tended to think that they were just good enough that this thing, but things don't just click. They don't just happen. Like they still take a conscious effort at night in and night out. Um, so I think for sure winning that uh, Washington game and they could lose both against Denver and I wouldn't feel good, but if they were competitive, I wouldn't feel bad either. Um, yeah. But the Washington game is the one to me that like that is you you got to win that one. Got to have it. Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the Washington game, you have to win just to, you know, you, you like you said, you already kind of had your bad loss on this home tr- on this homestand. You don't need to have a second one. You would like to think that that game refocused the team and kind of, you know, yeah, made them feel like you you still have to show up every single night if you want to if you want to be good in this league like you can't just take random nights off um and then you that sets you up for the back to back against the nuggets where you ideally would like to split them they're both at home there's a chance you can win both but you know with the nuggets being having the best record in the western conference like they're they're no slouches at all um we've seen domas and and jokic go have some incredible battles last season i think they had two games where they played each other last year uh, and both were incredibly exciting from 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 that matchup. So I'm excited to see that. But, uh, you know, the Nuggets have really struggled defensively this year. They're 24th, I'm seeing here, in defensive rating. So I think there's a chance, especially at home, that the Kings can, uh, can, can put up some decent points against the Nuggets. And they should be able to split at least one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, two and one. Two and one feels like the uh, where they should do. That's the that's the recipe right there. Two and one, winning basketball. That's winning yep. basketball. Two out of three weeks, man. Confirmed. Right? Isn't that what they talk about in baseball? It's like winning series. It's yep. not about you know like I mean, doing you, anything like that. If you win two or three, you're gonna be where you want to. You're gonna be where you want to be. I mean, that's exactly, and that's something that's true. I mean, if the Kings win two of three all season long, they're gonna be in a pretty good spot. So yep. I, I thought baseball was just about passing physicals. Dude, you are you? Is, Maybe there's a Giants fan in you. Maybe there's some Giants fan in you. I I definitely, if I have a team, it's the Giants for sure. But I don't watch. But it's fun to it's fun to like see Sean so heartbroken. As it's fun, it is. It's funny, dude. It's because I've been that guy before, not with that team, you know. But like, I know how it feels to just be absolutely destroyed when your team gets screwed. And the same way we watch Chris, we watch Chris yesterday. (laughs) with a vikings game and i can't help but just add on to it it's so funny to me it's Brendan, so funny to me you are happy that sean had his heart ripped out of his chest on his birthday of all days <laughs> carlos correa left the giants deal on his birthday right 
and we spent the first guy. 20 minutes of king's beat just letting you him bed you really did it was so good that's cruel you're so good you're, you're cruel brandon nunez you're 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 a cruel man anything. you're a grinch you're the grinch of christmas you're the grinch of king's media and you Maybe. must be, you must be stopped you know i thought it was matt george <laughs> matt george but you're taking that title right now no matt george is just a bully Matt George is a bully. Old-fashioned bully. La- last question for you, Frank. Did you get to see this defense player of the game chain up close? No, I was looking for it because we heard it broke, and I was looking for it, and I I didn't see it. It was not okay. anywhere. I I think they give it back to the coaches after. I think they give. I I would imagine they give it back because they hand it out. I think Jordy hands it out every game. So yeah, I think they gave it back. But no, we were looking for it and uh, didn't get a chance to ask Keegan if he actually broke it, but. I guess we'll see if they win uh, um, tomorrow. If they win right. tomorrow, we'll see what player gets it. And if Mike comes out and lets us know there are some some adjustments made or some fixes made, I don't know. But it sounds like there's a little bit of trouble with, with the chain right now. That's Do we think it's a plastic chain? That was my question and why I was asking Frank. Like, I heavy. think it's plastic, but it does, like, it, it's got fake diamonds in it or, like, Definitely fake. We... There's no way. There's, there's are we sure there's no chance. way? Are we sure there's no way? <laughs> Like a chain that big, we're talking like yeah, it's true. eight to ten thousand dollars. Like this, I, I don't know, I don't contribution know, type thing. Yeah, so, <laughs> somebody said it has to be fake because it like it violate the CBA or something because like it's so expensive. So like it has to be fake. Oh, it's like gotcha. maybe <laughs> okay. No, not not. I mean, someone on Twitter, not someone in the no. right. But I think that it actually is fake. It has to be fake. Has to be. If it broke that easily, it has to be fake. True. Right. True. How do we All think? Right. What's the funniest way of Keegan breaking it, real quick? Taking it off and dropping it, like trying to <laughs> hand it over to somebody to coach. Whoops! Right, he had it off for half a second, went My to bad. take it off right when the picture was over, and just <laughs> it somehow broke in the process. Like, yeah, I don't he broke it like doing it. a backflip because he was so excited. <laughs> and then he started singing. So he just ripped it off like Superman. You're so hyped. Um, all right. Well, that was a uh, that was a fun one. Um, yeah. For Frankie Cardicelli, my name is Chris Watkins. Thank you, Brendan Nunez. For Happy holidays. Us. Happy holidays. Uh, we will see you next week, next Thursday. Uh, hopefully, to talk about some more winning Kings basketball. Thank you all so much uh, for watching, and uh, bye bye.